podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast live stream once again over YouTube, over Twitch, and over Facebook Live. That's what the cool kids are into these days today. We're breaking down predominantly England versus Bangladesh. We're riding high Ibiza Sky at the moment, absolutely loving life, as well as three other huge contests that have gone on as well, particularly Pakistan versus Bangladesh. Also, Quinton the Cox up to some strange old things. I am Rob Littigree. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going, Rob? All good? Yep, very good, mate. Very good. A little bit later in the day here. I think we're on about half past eight, quarter to nine. So different time, mm-hmm. but same result, mate. England turn up, England dominate, and England look like the best team in this competition. They mean business, mate. They've, they've turned up, haven't they? They absolutely mean business. You never know, uh, being an England cricket fan, how they're going to turn up and how they're going to perform in competitions. They sometimes just completely crap the bed and we don't know what's going to happen. But they really look well drilled in this one, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting on to that one uh, shortly. So, how do you want to go through this day then? Do you want to rattle through the games as we've missed them, as as they've come over the last few days, or do you want to start with England? Yeah, let's 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 let's, let's roll back a little bit, and mm. we'll start with what we missed out from yesterday. So, two games yesterday. There was a West Indies South Africa game mm. and debacle that's gone on alongside it, <laughs> and a huge grudge match between Pakistan and between the Black Caps. Yeah, we've seen some great cricket, haven't we? So let's get underway. South Africa, West Indies then. The biggest story from this game came before a ball had even been bowled. It sounds like it was on the bus trip to the ground. Uh, and that involved uh, star batsman Quinton de Kock, didn't he? He ruled himself out for personal reasons. Now, we're going to come back to that shortly. Let's get on to the game. Cricket deserves to be spoken about before this. So let's make sure we get on the game first. So... Big game, wasn't it? it really, it was big game was needed for both sides for this one. Uh, obviously, the f- tough first outings, wasn't it, for South Africa against Australia and West Indies, obviously, were drubbed by England. Um, South Africa came out on top and it was a pretty convincing performance. I'd say a marvellous performance, as old, old Richie Benno would put it. Marvellous. Um, Aidan Markram, um, he was the star as South Africa chased down the windy score of 143 for eight to clinch an eight-wicket win with 10 balls remaining. Uh, West Indies side of things, Evan Lewis hit 56 off 35 with the top five, all making starts, but nobody really getting stuck in. Uh, with the ball, three for 17 for Dwayne Pretorius with the headline figures, but it was paceman Andre, however you want to say his name, I like to say naughty, but I think it's like Nokia or something. Um, he bowled superbly, four overs, it went for just 14, Rob, with a solo yeah. wicket. Contribution like that, richly deserved Man of the Match award. So good on him. And I love the fact that he won the Man of the Match award for just economic bowling. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, Bavuma went really early, didn't he? Reza Hendricks, 39 off 30. He was caught brilliantly by Shimron Hetmeyer. Um, another one where I don't know why it took the third umpire so long to come to the yeah. decision. It was clear his fingers were under the ball. Get on with it, guys. Um, Markram, though, he got 51 not out. 50 off 25 balls, the quickest of the comp so far. And Rassi van der Dusen, 43 not out of 51. Solo wicket came from Akil Hussain. Eight wicket win for South Africa. West Indies in a bit of trouble. Uh, West Indies in a lot of trouble, mate. Lot if it wasn't for Evan Lewis at the top of that order, you are looking at a team that's being rolled for under 100 again. And that in back-to-back contests, in must-win contests, you, you've got to beat the other real top-level test nations to be able to have a chance of qualifying for the semi-finals. If you're not able to go and do that, you're, you're really struggling. But Evan Lewis yeah. is a cricketer that constantly goes under the radar in T20 international cricket. Since the last World Cup came around, he's in the top five for strike rates um, mm. during that period. Glenn Maxwell leading the way with a 160 strike rate, but Evan Lewis is there about a 150 strike rate. And for him to go out and have this sort of knock at the start of the innings, where we've seen a lot of wickets fall in the power plays, is really positive for West Indies. 
but they do look fragile in in the middle, and you you just wonder whether it's a little bit of this team's been so good for so long, and mm. they constantly they go away, they do the thing, and they come back in. Is it asking a little bit too much to be able to come back in and hit the ground running mm. at T20 international level every single time and have a really quality output? Because this this South African team is mm. good, but it does feel like they may be missing a bowler to try to piece together the twenty overs. But I'm a little bit disappointed from the West Indies. But from South Africa, mm. I think they're looking good. Rabada's mm. class, Nortage's crack class, we're saying mm. it completely different. But also <laughs> Van der Dusen and Markram. Van der Dusen scored that 100 in the warm-up. Markram, we yeah. know, is an international quality player. And mm. he's looking more confident about his game. He was really brutal in this innings. Four sixes, really putting them to the sword. And, you know, knocking off it with 10 balls remaining... That's a little bit of a drubbing in T20 cricket. Mm. And we're starting to see when the Test Nations are playing, 140 isn't enough. 140 was a good score with Associate mm. Nations. I think you really need 160 and above 170. Um, now we've got the big boys in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the West Indies, they just ran out of gas, didn't they? Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, Chris Gale was in there, 121 for 4 17 when we got 17 overs. Gale went, Russell went, Hetmeyer went, Pollard went, Walsh went. That's five wickets went. After the seventeenth uh, over commenced, you you've don't you know, if you're not got any gas, you're not going to finish an inning strong, are you? No, you're done, you, and you're not going to score runs. I mean, that's a, that's a great performance from South Africa with the ball at the end of the innings there as well. And Markram, yeah, he looks quality. We spoke about it last time. He was somebody a few years ago I thought would just announce himself and be one of the finest batsmen on the world stage. He's not quite done it, but this is a, a platform for him now to, uh, to to kind of leap from um, and start fulfilling that. He, he opened the bowling as well, Rob. Three overs. Yeah, he's, he's getting his money's worth. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's putting himself in the genuine all-rounder category by doing stuff like that. But we're, mm. we're doing a job for teams, time and time, just picking up, closing mm. out a couple of overs and starting to build mm. that pressure. I think West Indies, when they look at this, because the first game plan, everyone was getting caught out on the boundary during that 55 mm. all out. They, they did stretch the game a little longer and put themselves in a position where they've got wickets in hand going into these last few overs to go big. Mm. But unfortunately, it just it just didn't work. It was just a mm. calamity of wickets. The last two, uh, three overs only went for 20. Um, the last five overs only went for 40. They would mm. see themselves as a team that could hit three boundaries and over easy during those last periods with the batsmen mm. they had in at the crease. And I think you got to West Indies be disappointed, but South Africa be really bloody proud of the performance that they've put in and the fact mm. that they've been able to go out there, perform, and close out the innings against a really strong boundary-ridden team. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know they're, they're up and running now after their defeat from Australia. West Indies are rock bottom, aren't they, of, of that uh, Division One or Group One yeah. with two two defeats in a row? I don't see how they get out of this now. There's no, I don't think there's a way they can qualify. Um, South Africa, we shall see. They're a bit of a strange team, aren't they? We're a bit, a bit split on on what how we see them. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. Um, Quinton Nicole, let's get on to that just just briefly. I think um, so. He basically said that you know it, it was that his personal reasons he gave, um, but it, it seems to be, and it's been confirmed by um, acting chairperson of Cricket South Africa, Lawson Nadu, um, that it was to do with uh, the, the, the fact that they were looking to, to take the knee um, in support of anti-racist. Um, I don't even know the right way to put it because it's not. This is the thing. It's not a debate. It's not a discussion. It's not an opinion. It's just showing solidarity, isn't it? It is. It's just saying we don't believe racism is, is acceptable. So therefore, it's not good enough just not to be racist. You have to be anti-racist. 
So, um, so this is what's come out basically. Um, they wanted uniform conduct and messaging from the team at the World Cup. That's what Cricket South Africa wanted. And apparently that is what led to the board issuing a directive on Tuesday morning, the morning of the game, that the entire touring party must take a knee before each game, which other teams have been doing. Bear in mind, this is against West Indies as well. Um, so according to Chairperson Lawson Nedu, de Kock was the only person who did not comply and withdrew from the match against them. So it has been confirmed that he did it. He withdrew for this very reason. Ridiculous. Anyway, so Lawson Nedu said that the issue is not about questioning the commitment of any of the players towards combating racism, but it's about the conduct they display and the messages that sends out to the South African public and the broader global community during a world event. We expect South Africans to be leading the world globally on this topic, given our particular history... That's the important part. And the particular yeah. circumstances that are prevailed in South Africa. It's a position where South Africa should be a leader, not a follower. If you don't feel, as a white South African, if you don't feel that you can support anti-racist messaging, there is a fundamental issue. Now, I don't want to cast any aspersions on Quinton de Kock, yeah. but he's put himself in a very, very difficult position. I don't understand how he would expect people to see him other than in a negative light at the moment. I just don't get yeah. this. And to yeah. give up playing for your country. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to wrap your head around. And, and I think sometimes people forget the influence they have um, in the world. And mm. sports people are pretty much, rightly or wrongly, the elite of the elite in society quite mm. often. And young people look up to them no matter what they do, how they conduct themselves, the messages they're given. And to, to Cock, whatever he might think, we've no idea what his mm. actual thought process is here. But him taking the knee and showing solidarity with the rest of cricket creates a bigger message. No yeah. matter what he personally may think, that the, the right message is to stand together and to say, hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. We're all people. We're all just trying to do mm. the best we can. And it doesn't matter where you're from, who you're from, mm. or, or who your parents are. It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference in life. And it shouldn't yeah. make a difference in life. And I think somewhere along the line, either these platforms that people have really, really can bring, not bring out the worst in people, but sometimes decisions they make, may, they may not understand the full impact that it might have to little yeah. Johnny who's nine years old watching this or or Terry that's 14 who's um, <laughs> easily influenced. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah, and how does it look to his captain, Temba Bavuma? How does it look to the, the star bowler for South Africa that's been yeah. bowling into his gloves for the last God knows how many years in Kagisa Rabada and others, Lungi and Giddy? There's plenty of others in around, in around that squad. What message does it say to them? It's a really divisive message. And South Africa, yes, they got the win on this one, but I just I hope this doesn't disrupt them completely. And I hope they can pull themselves together. And I hope the cock reconsiders. I hope people get through to him. I hope he's, he's willing to listen to people like Bavuma and others and try and explain their point of view a little bit more. South Africa is such a diverse country, not just in, in background, but also in, in you know the, the, the finances of, of the world, if you like. Um, and it tends to go along certain lines in South Africa. It's not, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. I find it completely ridiculous. And like I say, the fact that he he's, it's this important to him to not need to show solidarity that he's willing to give up international cricket in this, for that game. Just baffling, but I don't think we should spend any more time on it. But, um, yep. but yeah, I, I just don't get it. And we will see if team management have to make a decision now. Cricket South Africa don't have an answer yet. We will see if Decott continues in this tournament or whether he is replaced and he's sent on his way. Um, we shall see. Right over to your boys, Rob. New Zealand. They took on Pakistan in the next game of that day. Um, Pakistan. Back-to-back -back wins. Five-wicket win against the Kiwis. Eight balls remaining. <laughs> 
I mean, this team is something. Two, two and two, like England, two and two. Um, oh, I've just spoiler alert um, for England. <laughs> um, Shane, Shire, yeah, Shire, Shane Shafridi was the star in the first win against India, wasn't it? But it was fellow leader Harris Ralph who was the star of the day for Pakistan. Four for twenty-two off his four overs, and they kept New Zealand to one hundred and thirty-four for eight. Daryl Mitchell and Devon Conway both top scored with twenty-seven apiece. Guptal got about seventeen at the top of the order, um, and we he took one on the toe as well. So Guptal, somebody that we just need to keep an eye on to see whether or not he'll be fit for the next game. Um, Pakistan started steadily, uh, but didn't have it all their own way in the chase. They slumped to 69 for four when Mohammed Rizwan, who was the top scorer of 33 off 34, was removed by Ish Sodi, who himself got two for 28. Uh, Shoaib Malik, though, and Asif Ali were the men that saw Pakistan home with a 48-run partnership. Malik hitting 26 off 20 white. Asif Ali got on with things, uh, getting, you know, brisk 27 off 12, including three sixes. Um, uh, absolutely convincing win for Pakistan. Pakistan look a fantastic team. We've we've been on there. We've been in their corner for quite some time now, haven't we? And they're starting to turn some of this promising play, some of these promising players, into winning games of cricket now. Um, I, I can imagine you uh, you boys over there wouldn't have been overly happy when you woke up to this one. Uh, no, but I think the outcome was what we predicted. We predicted mm. that Pakistan are a good team. They're a strong team. They're a united team, which is ultra important and playing with huge amounts of passion and support from everyone around them. And this Black Cats team, when I, when I just looked through it, I was like, it just doesn't it just doesn't quite work together. Right. Daryl Mitchell's now an international opener, apparently, and I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> um, you've got Dev- mm. Devin Conway, who's up there with Kane Williamson and being the best player in the team across all formats. Why isn't Devin Conway opening the batting where he averages 45-50 in T20 mm. cricket? Scored 90-odd against Aussies, scored a ton against Bangladeshis. It... Mm. Doesn't quite feel right, the lineup. Guptil looked really out of form and he looked like he was interesting enough when you're out of form. Hey, cat walking past. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's bad. Look, look, it's um, fine. <laughs> Guptil just didn't quite look himself. He doesn't look in good nick. And the quality of bowling was incredible. The Black Caps were constantly scratching. They went a, a period, I might be wrong here, but about 10 overs without even scoring a boundary, mate, mm. because wow. the pressure yeah. was relentless and it started with Shine Shara 3D but has if uh, Harris Ralph was incredible he's, he's got a peculiar action which if mm. you haven't faced before will cause you problems anyway but I was I was really impressed by how he how he bowled the pace he gets up to he gets up to 149 clicks but he's got really good off speed mm. um, variations getting down to 122 they just couldn't work him out and the amount of dot balls that was building and then it was only ones and twos to try and keep yourselves going. So the Kiwis were always trying to have wickets in hand and go at the end. And unfortunately, mm. the go at the end just didn't quite work. 15 overs, mm. they're on 100. 20 overs, they're on 134. They just losing wickets at bad mm. times and really good bowling, really good catching. But talking of really good catching, Devon Conway. Um, mm. Mohammed Afiz came in, started to go absolutely bonkers. Then Superman Devon Conway, <laughs> take, and, and in a tournament that's that's epitomised by incredible catches, takes one of the finest catches in the outfield. I've seen it for a long time, and he just had this moment where he got up and he was like, "Yes, yes, I, <laughs> I, I caught, caught it. it. I yeah, caught it. Caught it." But that's what we club cricketers should do, not international cricketers. They should be, you know, act like they've been there before. It's for us to go. I can't believe I've got 
got that. I've got, I've got no. one. I've caught one at Warrenford, <laughs> diving one-handed once, and no one celebrated me, but it's the best catch I ever took in my life. Um, <laughs> Pakistan were just in control with the run chase. Even yep. the Black Caps were staying in it, and they were picking up wickets here and there, mm. but it always felt that Pakistan had the control. They paced it right. They picked up singles, and then the yep. change was when Asif Ali came in, who started yep. going bonkers. He had three sixes in his innings. He got pinned. He had the physio out to him twice, so potentially <laughs> something going on there with a concussion. But mm. it was the acceleration. 15 overs down, they were 91 for five as opposed to the Black Caps being 100 for four. And then mm. they went and scored 40 overs going 9-7, 13-15, 9 to finish it in the subsequent overs. They were just mm. the better team and they looked the better team by quite a long way. Black Caps, 20-30 runs short in the mm. chase. And I'm not quite sure where those 20, 30 runs come from during the chase. And also the Black Caps felt a little light on the bowling stakes for me. I think if this mm. Black Caps team played against England, they won't in the group stages. I don't feel mm. like the outcome is going to be very good with Jimmy Neesham trying to bowl three or four overs mm. in the mixer. Mitch Santner looks pretty ineffective, doesn't turn it. Um mm. It's a worry for the Black Caps team. They're not the Black Caps team they have been over previous years. They've got holes. Lockie Ferguson's not there. He's out injured for the whole tournament now. One of the fastest bowlers, one of the best T20 bowlers in the world. Adam Milne will come into the squad who had a great 100 campaign in England. Hopefully yeah. that little bit of pace can offset some of the worries about the bowling lineup. But mm. the batting lineup doesn't it, it doesn't excite me like a Black Caps batting lineup has excited no. the world for probably 10 years, mate. No, they're going to have to drag the, uh, the the cricketing population of New Zealand along with them for this one, aren't they? Because it's, it, it's not like they've suddenly got the excitement going. It doesn't get any easier either. They've got India up next. That's their next game. So if they if they get themselves into a hole, you know, played two, lost two, which India have to come back strong and, and they'll have played mm. before then. They'll have played at least their second game before then. But it's going to be a tough one for New Zealand. It's a little bit disappointing. It's a little bit anticlimactic for how well they've done in world cricket uh, over the last few years. But uh, but we'll we'll obviously... Keep an eye on that, and uh, I'm sure you'll be, you know, keeping the temperature of the uh, the New Zealand population for the Kiwis. Definitely will, um, Mike. Definitely will. Let's get on to some cricket from today, then, Rob. Shall we? Um, England, Bangladesh. We spoke about Pakistan two and two. England are also a two and two team as well. Uh, after they cruised to an eight wicket win over Bangladesh, and like we said at the top, they mean business. Um, there's, there's no other way of putting it. I don't think it, this really does look a team that's really tuned in uh, to go deep in this competition. So. Uh, let's get it started. Bangladesh bad first. Um, Chris Wokes was ultra economical, 12 for one off his four overs. Uh, but it was spin again that really controlled proceedings for England with Moen Ali, two for 18 off three overs, bowling exceptionally well again at the top. Whilst uh, it was instead of Ali Rashid today, it was the offy leggy Liam Livingston, wasn't it? Um, who partnered <laughs> him up, two for 15 for him off three overs this time out. Um, Bangladesh, they're batting, they've plenty of playmakers, plenty of quality of the bat, but. Really, once the informed duo of Mohammed Name at the top and Shakib Al Hassan were dismissed cheaply early on, it was always going to be a tough ass. It was always up against it. Um, in amongst all that, Mushfiq Rahim top scored, I think, again with 29 off 30. Uh, but England were too strong. Tommy Mills as well. He, he was, you know, he bowled a bit lower down, didn't he, today? But he mopped things up with two and two balls late in the innings to restrict them to 124 for nine. It's just not going to do it. Um, unless England started messing around with a batting lineup, there wasn't really a way they were going to hang on to this one. So, uh, in the end, England they made relative light work with the total, winning 14.1 overs, a huge, huge uh, a buffer there. Uh, Josh Butler 18 in 18, um, but Jason Roy he started, didn't he? 50th T20 international for Jason Roy, he got yeah. 61 off 38 balls, um, he broke the back of the chase, really. Whilst that forgotten man, you might not remember his name, Dawid Milan. <laughs> um, he wasn't allowed a bat last game. He'd done something wrong, clearly. 
Um, he offered good support. Ended unbeaten 28 of 25, which is exactly... He'd have probably done that sort of job against West Indies, uh, Owen. Um, yep. Bairstow joined him at the end. was a man who hit the winning boundary. Scored two very impressive and comprehensive wins for England. Unbelievably, and I still don't believe this, even though I've heard it from a few sources, that's the first ever T20 international between Bangladesh and England. T20 international or T20 at a World Cup? Well... I heard T20 International. I might be wrong. That's what I'm saying. I still can't believe it. It just seems bizarre yeah. with the scheduling, but it might be that. I think you should do some uh, some checking on my dodgy stuff I'm throwing out. <laughs> just throwing out stats. Um, great performance. Chris Wokes, mate. Chris Wokes, since he returned <laughs> to the T20 Internationals this year, he's bowled 12 overs in games. Those overs have produced an economy rate of 3.66. That's expensive. That's absolutely... Re- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Finding the, the man. He's letting them get away. That's that's an incredible um, response. Fourteen dot balls. He he has since his time in the IPL become a better and better white ball cricketer and white ball bowler, and that's that's really showing. Moeen Ali was good at the top again. His first over went for a couple of boundaries, and I was watching. It, I was like, oh, a bit worried here. We've spoken about it. he can go when he when he mm-hmm. people get hold of him, he can go, but bounce straight back. The following next over, um, two wickets and two balls, completely yeah. changed. The dynamic of that opening partnership, yeah. Dars gone, name gone, looking mm. really good. Tymel Mills looks, he, he looks like an international cricketer. I don't know about mm. you. And I think one of the things I really like about him, one, he's got such a consistent delivery that he's mm. bowling. His bowling action doesn't change. And when he's bowling his slower balls, nothing changes. Yeah. Nothing changes at all. And that is mm. so important. Like if, if it's really obvious you're bowling a back of the hand delivery or you're holding mm. the ball differently, it's like, oh yeah, I, I know this is coming. I can see it coming a mile off. But mm. it's it's taking the baseball approach that every single delivery you bowl looks exactly the same. It's why Jimmy Anderson's been so important mm. in test match cricket and so successful. There's minimal, minute change from being able to tell what's coming in, what's coming out. And you when you watch mm. um Mills bowl his slower ball. Nothing changes. It's it's absolutely incredible. One of the better slower balls I've I've seen in international cricket for a long, long time, mate. Yeah, he's good, and he's got the extra pace as well, hasn't he? Which he showed right at the end of the innings, and uh, you know he showed the two things: the, the slower balls we're talking about, and the pace. The pace, you know, the penultimate uh, ball, he got him. You know, just the guy gloved it, didn't he? Uh, just got a little feather through to the keeper, and then the next ball, bit of a slower ball, uh, just caught the outside of off stump. Showed his skills, showed his repertoire. Um, it's great to have him in. Uh, we've still got Mark Wood in the squad as well, if we need that extra yeah. pace as well. I, I, but, I, but you look at this team and, you know, there's six bowlers here, including Livingston. And I'm not quite sure where you need it. It's a spin-heavy competition. It's going to be. That's that's just inevitable, isn't it? Uh, you've got Wokes bowling ultra-economically. Chris Jordan will yeah. keep doing what Chris Jordan does. He's none for 15 off two today. Uh, but he, he's a threat. He's a threat with a bat further down the order. He's also exceptional in the field. You know, there's no one in world cricket that's got a better pair of hands than him. Timor Mills is bringing that pace, and Livingston coming in as a as a batsman that that's giving you some really really useful overs. Um, yeah. It looks such a well balanced team, um, and I, it it just looks right, doesn't it? At the moment, um, I don't think we're missing much. Um, whether they they want to squeeze another bowler in at some point, I don't know. But at, at the moment, it just looks like it's working. Uh, and England just looked fantastic. Um, yeah, the fact that Moeen Ali got in two two and two balls, Litton Das and Mohammed Name, who both can go off if they if they want to, and they certainly have done in. Yeah. In, uh, in cricket over the last couple of years is incredible. Shaqib Al-Hazan going for four as well. Massive, massive wicket. That yeah, was a Wokes wicket. Yeah, definitely. And then it was just a bit of a procession, wasn't it? A bit of a shambles of a run out uh, between Mamadullah and Afif Hussain. Mamadullah went not long after. 
just couldn't couldn't really get through to an end. And 124 for nine was not going to win many games of cricket, and especially not against England. Uh, with the bat as well, uh, Butler relatively steady, but Jason Roy, great time for him to uh, to regain some of that form. He's never far from it, but he hasn't really um, he hasn't really kind of paid his dues as he on, on on the run scoring of late. And uh, and also looks great to see Milan as well. Batting at three, where he should have batted against West Indies. I, I understand yeah. the principle in the last game, but I, I just, I, it was not necessary. It's not like David Milan, you know, hits twenty or forty deliveries in T Twenty. Yeah, it, it was really good. Jason Roy is so important for the balance of this mm. team, mate, because it allows you to play Bairstow at three, and uh, sorry, Bairstow at three, Bairstow <laughs> in the middle order and coming in score fast <laughs> in the middle order because Bairstow. Yes. It's probably the most natural white ball hitter of a cricket ball mm. in this England team. And that's put him in above Josh Butler just because his performance is so consistent. But he really needed this. He scored 17 in the warm-up and a duck against New Zealand. But 11 against the West Indies. This 61 is going to do the world of good for his confidence mm. in T20 cricket, mate. It's a, it's a decent yeah. record in T20 international cricket. 145 strike rate, 1,265 runs, average of 25, 750s, zero hundreds. It's, mm. it's 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 good, but it's not quite as good as what you'd expect from Jason Roy because he, he can be so good. But saying that, he's had a, a tough year, I think, and mm. get him up and running, scoring runs because you know everyone else is is looking pretty good. Mm. It's really important. You don't need to shuffle the deck. And David Malone, why was he down at seven or eight in the last game? Just he's got a job in this team, yeah. and he's done that job today. And he can accelerate from there. Mm. He scored yeah. 28 off 25. Josh Butler scored 18 off 18. Like <laughs> This is the thing. This is what I don't understand in the West Indies game. I don't want to rehash it. But there was, it, was, it wasn't like we were chasing 150 and we needed to score quick because of run rate. We were chasing, what was it, 55? Yeah. It, it, just get Milan in there. He's a good cricketer. He will score you over 100 strike rate. Even if it's just 101 strike rate, he will score at an okay rate. Yeah. When we compared everyone else in that order that came and went, they they basically went at about a run a ball. So it was just it was a bit of a mess. I'm not having a dig at Owen Morgan <laughs> today. I have no criticism <laughs> of Owen Morgan. He's two and two as a captain. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's great to see Milan back in there, and, and England was just so convincing. A bit of injury news for Bangladesh as well. Rubel Hassan has replaced the injured Mohammed Safadin uh, after the all rounder picked up a back injury. Uh, so the bowler Rubel Hassan is in um, for Bangladesh. Um, it's a bit of a, you know, you don't want to see these injuries, do you? Obviously, you've just mentioned about Lockie Ferguson for New Zealand. Yeah. Just seems that there's one or two um, just pulling up lame at the moment. So hopefully there's not too many more because we obviously want the best players uh, for each and every team to be able to uh, keep contributing to this uh, this great competition so far. Yeah, you're exactly right, mate. Mm. Good good stuff from England. And one more game to go from the day, mate. Mm. And uh, a, a biggie again. Associate Nations coming up big. We're big fans of these associate nations, and 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 these two qualify Scotland and Namibia came together. Ah, look, I think the best. I'll sum it up after the heartbreak of their first ever World Cup proper appearance for Scotland yeah. and defeat, obviously against Afghanistan. They really needed a turnaround performance against the what you, we can, I think, politely call surprise qualifiers in Namibia. Yeah. Uh, but it was just simply not to be. As this, um, we, we've used these terms before about Namibia. This well organised, determined. Um, the gritty Namibian side, they won by four wickets, knocking off Scotland's way under par 109 for eight. Uh, but with only five balls remaining, so they, Scotland have got a lot to be proud of in this one. So, um, missing Carl Kurtz at the top of the order, Matthew Cross was put up to opener and he hit an understandably steady 33 ball 19. Now, when we see what happened, we understand why he hit a very, very pedestrian um, uh, knock here. Uh, basically, 
first over of the innings, Ruben Trumpelman, the 23-year-old left armour, three wickets in the first four balls of the innings. They were three for two, two runs on the ball the board as well. Absolute chaos in the first over. How do you how do you turn that around? Three wickets in the first over, four balls. You're then asking the team to go on and, and you know and score put a decent score up. It's just not going to happen. So apart from um, Matthew Cross, who we said he's got himself 19. I think it was 19 anyway. Uh, Michael Lee down at six. He was the next man to get double figures. Chris Greaves at seven. Only those two got double figures for this innings. Yeah. Um, and it's just not good enough. 44 for Leesk and 25 for Greaves. Uh, it was JJ Smith that took the key wicket of Michael Leesk, um, who um, I think it was a 27 balls for his 44, wasn't it? So it was a, it was a yeah. brisk knock for him. Um, Namibia, you'll get into the bowling um, figures, I'm sure, in a moment as well, just to dig in a bit. But Namibia bowled fantastically well. Trumpelman, three for 17. Frylink, fellow opener, two for 10. JJ Smith, one for 20, and David Device, one for 22. Now, that's all the figures. They're all off four overs each. Yeah. They are some sensational figures. Absolutely sensational. Um, I'll, I'll round the game out, and then we'll come back to it. But Scotland, they really did chip away um, You know, Namibia's response. Namibia was down to 67 for four at one point, and Scotland just kept coming. Uh, but it was JJ Smith's uh, unbeaten 23 ball, 32, with a key knock. Uh, as they recorded this th- first T20 World Cup victory in this stage. Obviously, it's three wins on the bounce now if you include the qualifiers. Uh, massive credit to Scotland. Never let their heads drop. Should be proud of their efforts with the ball, especially Brad Wheeler went for just 14 for one of his four overs. And no bowler for Scotland went from over seven and a half runs per over. So massive disappointment for Scotland. Um, it's just playing for pride now, but another memorable and historic night uh, for Namibian cricket. Namibia, my, my a third favourite cricket team, I think. Now. <laughs> Our third, second favourite team. Exactly. Right? An incredible performance and fair play to Scotland for showing a little bit of bottle. They did against Bangladesh, remember, right at the start, maybe 140 and they came back and, and won that game um, really, really well and played really, really good cricket. They just weren't quite good enough to get over the line, but who who would be? From being three down in the first over and losing yeah. George Munsey, who's the guy that is your boundary scorer as well, scores huge amounts of runs from mm. fours and sixes. You, you've just backed yourself into a horrendous corner. Yeah. Eighteen for four after five, eighteen for four after five point three overs yeah. is. But just jump, not yeah, good. No, if I just jump back in as well, the, the batsman he got out, I should, you know, this probably should have said Munzi, like you said, he's an, he can go off like a yeah. train first ball. Yeah. Callum McLeod, he's the guy that hit 100 on against England a few years ago. And then Richie Barrington, he's, he was in for his captain. I mean, that is not where you want to be coming in. But those three yeah. players are probably three of the finest players Scotland have with a bat. And Barrington as captain, he's just decided what's happening. There's your batting lineup. I'm going to put my feet up <laughs> while I steadily put my pads on at number four. And suddenly he's in fourth ball of the innings and he's gone first ball. Yeah, it's it's a brutal start, and it's it's just a sensational start for Namibia. Sorry, you you carry on, mate. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> You're right, but 17 mm. dot balls he bowled. 17 dot balls from his four overs, three wickets. Economy rate of 4.25. Mm. Um, Frylink was talking about him. He went for 10 mm. runs. 10 it's runs from his four ridiculous. overs. 14 <laughs> dot balls, zero wides, zero no balls. And I I come back to wides and no balls a lot because they do have. Um, significant impact into teams. And quite a lot of bowlers will bowl one or two wides. Chris Jordan bowled three wides today. But him and Smith bowled no wides, no no balls. David Vies has been superb this competition. He's a real game changer for this Namibian team and should mm-hmm. have played more international cricket in his life. One for 22, 11 dot balls, 
But it's just every single game he's had, in, he's had meaningful contributions. 66 not out and 1 for 32 against mm. Netherlands. 28 not out and 2 for 22 against Ireland. 1 for 22 here. His economy rate through the competition is absolutely next to none. He's time and time again just stepping up. Mm. And the Scottish fight just wasn't quite enough at the end. But I think what mm. you're seeing is um, Namibia are potentially the best associate nation that we've we've got at this competition mm. and that's quite exciting it really is and, it, and it's just it's we need a story like this in, in any world cup or in any you know world competition no matter what sport it is you need a nation like namibia uh coming and just shaking things up a little bit yeah. um dave Reese, he's, he's a real talisman for them isn't he and I, I i just go back to those flowing locks it just there's something about him he, he's just he's I can't even think of the right term, but he's is that he's the hero they need, um, and he's come just at the right time, hasn't he? And he, he deserves the opportunity to play on on this stage, um, even at this late stage in his career. And it's yeah, they're just such a well led team, aren't they? They're, they're well led off the field. Gerard Erasmus or Gerard Erasmus, the captain, he didn't contribute much to the bat today, but you saw, you know, the way they uh, they went about things. He, he's just there, you know. He's, he's somebody else that's going to be contribute even if he doesn't score runs. Uh, with yep. the way they are as a team, so yeah, fantastic performance uh, by uh, by Namibia and Scotland. It's a really tough one. This competition doesn't get any easier for anybody. Scotland no. have got a bit of time off now, but they do come back with a game against New Zealand. But again, it's a team where we're saying, "Oh, Scotland, can they come back?" But New Zealand have to win. So suddenly, yeah, they're not just finding New Zealand who have got a nice, easy win. It's New Zealand that are absolutely up for it, and they're going to come out firing. Uh, Namibia, they've got Afghanistan uh, in in a few days' time, and they've also got Pakistan before um, New Zealand, before Scotland next play. So, a couple of games coming up for Namibia. Really tough games. The way Afghanistan got out with the uh, got going with the, with the spinners in particular, and then Pakistan, obviously, yeah, it's going to be so tough, so tough for for Namibia to make a dent on this competition. But they've got a win in it; they'll be happy. Even if yeah. they, if, even if that's all they get, they've got a win. They've, they've beat the fellow associate, like you said, and they're. Uh, they go home quite proud. Oh, very, very, very proud, mate. What what does that do for the tables for us then, mate? That's a very good question. Oh, look at you. Have you got them up in front oh, of you? We're there. we're there. Oh, look at that. So, yeah, I mean, well, not many teams have played two games yet, or not all of them, but England, uh, obviously top of Group A, aren't they? Or Group 1, should I say, uh, two wins. Sri Lanka, Australia, a win apiece in their solo games. And then South Africa, one win. Bangladesh, West Indies. Uh, yeah, they're not going anywhere, are they? Um, well, we've got Pakistan, 2-2, two two, Afghanistan. Look at that, that uh, net run rate for Afghanistan, though, Rob, 6.5. So, basically, you can say Afghanistan are on 2.5 points, aren't they? <laughs> that's that's absolutely bonkers, isn't it? It's outrageous. <laughs> do, you, do you think Afghanistan are good enough to beat a Pakistan team? I think on the day they could. There's no reason why not. You've seen it, you know, if Rashid Khan or Majibur Rahman does, does what they did the other day and they get you know, four or five wickets apiece... They could turn anyone over. I don't think it's just Pakistan. I think they could turn, you know, whether it's England, whether it's India or anybody. Um, they've got every chance. Coming into this, we spoke about before, it's how can they, as a group, focus on this competition? How, how well can they, um, you know, put everything to one side and just focus on this competition? And so far, there's no signs that they're uh, they're, they're being distracted by what's going on in their, their home country. So, yeah, I, they're, they're jumping up the rankings for me just with how well... Um, they seem to be controlling things. Yeah, um, New Zealand and India—they've—they've they've got to start getting the shovels out. They've got to start digging themselves out pretty sharpish. Um, there's not going to be an easy game. Yes, Namibia and Scotland are both in that one. Neither of those teams are particularly the big boys, but <laughs> they're not going to lay down and they're not going to just easily be uh, walked over by any of these nations. So there's, there's no real easy, easy games 
uh, even though on paper they might the odd one might look a little bit easier. Yeah, big couple of days for Sri Lanka as well. So they're playing against Australia because you, you've got to think in that group mm. everyone's playing for second place. England look mm. far and away the best team in it. Sri Lanka yep. play Australia, and then on Saturday they play against South Africa mm. as well. That is huge. If they win both those games, plus the one they've already won, you've mm. got to think they're looking favourites to try and sneak through, which puts a lot of pressure on South Africa, Australia. Bangladesh yeah. and West Indies, I think you can put the fork in them quite easily now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some great games coming up. I mean, we're getting to the business part of this group stage now, aren't we? By the time we come on next, we'll have had Australia, England. That's the biggie. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure a few other nations might think their games are bigger, but I'm sorry, there's, there's not many bigger than Australia, England. No, there, there isn't, mate. I'm, lo- I'm looking it's a great competition so far. Mm. Um, really, really enjoying the cricket. Really enjoying. I really enjoy seeing associate nations get mm. more, uh, more viewing time and play more meaningful yeah. cricket. I think it's really important, and it, it mm. should be incorporated into the world of cricket somehow, some mm. way, um, more often. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. I think as England fans, we're we're sitting pretty happy. We're really happy with where we are in the table mm. with, the, with the outlay of the team. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to this, guys, make sure you leave a big thumbs up on YouTube. You can catch this absolutely anywhere. You think of somewhere that you can <laughs> listen to a podcast, you can probably listen to us there. Rich, anything else? <laughs> absolutely not. No, roll on the next games. <laughs> roll on the next game, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.